You say, what? You just said a bunch of $5 words that I don't understand. There's no neuter pronoun. What's a neuter pronoun? Well, when you get your dog spayed or neutered, you just take away his gender, kind of. He's like sort of not one or the other. And that's going around in our world today, too. It's kind of weird. Neuter. It's neither male nor female. There's no, there's no it is what it means. In Hebrew, there's not an it. Destiny sat in her chair and it was comfortable. She doesn't say, man, I sat in my chair this morning. She was so comfortable. What? Who was? No, not who, my chair. What? what? Oh, yeah, man, I ate that apple. He was delicious. Oh, wait, what? You ate what and who was delicious? My apple. He was delicious. No, in English, we have this it. I sat in my chair. It was comfortable. Oh, it was so hot. It was so hot in Mr. Dean's room. Oh, that apple. It was so good. Hebrew doesn't have it. Hebrew has only male and female. So listen to this. Um, the words light and the word uh, word, <laughs> the word word and the word light are both masculine nouns in Hebrew. If we give John 1, 1 a new reading and apply what we just learned about neuter pronouns and the fact that there are no it pronouns in biblical Hebrew, what does it say? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. That's not talking about Jesus. We jumped the gun. That's Hebrew. He's still talking about the word. See, we automatically, oh, him. Ha ha, him, that's Jesus. Not yet. He was in the beginning. Let me say it like this. It was in the beginning with God. All things were made through it. Without it, nothing was made that was made. In it was life. What are we still talking about? Oh, the word and light. In it was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and darkness has, has not overcome it. Now they stick the it on there. There was a man sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, John wasn't, but he came to testify about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. It was in the world, and the world was made through it, yet the world did not know it. It came to his own, what? And his own, or it came to its own, and its own people did not receive him. Now we need to turn over to uh, his and him because now we're talking about people. So you see, John subtly kind of brings this idea of a word that becomes or is somehow light, and then that light somehow becomes people, a person. And what's cool is in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created at word. Then word begot, gave birth to light. God creates light, and then that light, God hides away. Which part of a day is the light? <laughs> it was terrible. Okay, I've got 24 hours. 12 hours of this and 12 hours of this. What's this over here? That's dark or, or night. And then this is day. Isn't that weird? But the whole thing's called day. It was evening and it was morning. And they say, Yom one, Yom Aleph, right? Um, 
Day has the light. Darkness has the night. I'm a poet. And I didn't even realize that part of my, that aspect of me. <laughs> Do you know the, I'm a poet and I didn't know it? Okay, good. That, that was kind of funny because I was a poet and I didn't realize that aspect. Okay, um, it didn't rhyme. So uh, my point is, um, God says, day one, light, darkness, 12 hours, 12 hours. What's cool is, think about this. On day one, what's giving light? It was evening and it was morning. Really? What's giving light? Because there's no sun yet. Sun won't even be created for three more days. So how do we have day one? It was evening and it was morning. And then day two, it was evening and it was morning. And then day three, it was evening and it was morning. And then day four, God says, I think I'll put the sun in here, which is solar light. And that's going to get... It's like, what was evening and morning, evening and morning? And so there's this idea of... The way you spell yom in Hebrew is yud mem. Yud... Um, Mem. Yud is the sound y. M is the sound m. And the rabbi said, Oh, Yom is Yeshua Moshiach. Yom is day. Yom means light, right? Because in the day, that's when you have light. So Yom is the word for day, but it's spelled Yud Mem. That's also Jesus' initials, Yud Mem, Yeshua Moshiach, Jesus Christ in Hebrew. Jesus Christ is Yeshua Moshiach. So he said, those are my initials. See, it's all about Jesus everywhere. He's everywhere all over, but we got to dig. We got to dig a little bit. All right, we're, um, we've just got a few minutes left. Stay with me. I know it's hot in here. They fixed my air conditioning for two days and now it's broken again. So that's awesome. It feels good to you. That's good. Um, Understood, let's see, lies are revealed, real, solar light, physical light beams. Oh, this is neat. The true light, the first light of creation, contains both life and light. It's the kind of light which men and women can see. If you look um, at verse 16 in John, chapter 1, for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. How many of you know what that means, grace upon grace? Yeah, just given like a double measure of grace. See, I think John means that in a very specific way. And this kind of opened my eyes and blew me away. This is my last blow away thing before we have to pause until Thursday. But look at this. He was given grace upon grace. For the law was given through who? Huh? Read it, verse 17. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And then verse 18, no one has ever seen God. Guys, oh, this is so cool. Something's baffled Westerners since it was written. If grace is shining the light of God upon us, that's what grace means, shining the light of God upon us, then grace upon grace is not just shining God's light upon us, but it's actually giving the light to us. That's grace upon grace. If grace means shining God's light on us, grace upon grace is giving us the actual light. So, the law was revealed to us through Moses. This still has to be understood through the context of light. The law was revealed. How do you reveal something? You shine a certain light on it. 
and then everybody can see it. So Moses had a light that could reveal the Torah. What was the light that was in Moses? It was the light, the true light that carries life, which is Jesus from the creation. Remember, he was the true light. So if Moses was able to reveal the Torah, what was able to reveal verse 18? No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. See, you cannot reveal God with any spectrum of light. You cannot shine a light and say, there's God, there he is, there he is, there he is. Could I do that with Moses? Sure. Can I do that with the Torah? Sure. But God says, I'm not, you can't shoot light through me and, and shine me. There's only one light that can reveal me. And guess what light that was? I mean, you all know the answer, but it doesn't make sense until you go, wait a minute. If Jesus reveals God, Jesus is the light of creation. That's the spectrum God's talking about. That's the light that can show us who God is. But Jesus is the only one that can shine it on God. And when Jesus does this, God disappears again. And Jesus goes like this and there's God. Because Jesus is the light. And he not only gave Moses the light. That's my timer to tell me to shut up. He not only gave Moses that light, and Moses was able to reveal the Torah, but then Jesus himself said, I'm gonna come as the light and give all of you the chance when I turn around to show you God. I'm gonna show you God. And that's all picture, of course, for Jesus says, when you look at me, you should see someone. Who do you see when you look at me? Jesus says, who do you see when you look at me? Jesus asked the Pharisees all the time and other people, when you look at me, who do you see? And they were like, kind of like your answers right now. And Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because I can show you. I'm the only one with that light. It's like a black light, you know, and you see people's teeth and they're all glowing. Jesus says, I can show you the Father in darkness. And he turns away and you can't see him anymore. So Jesus is our black light. Okay, that's a terrible analogy. But you know what I mean? Jesus is that light, that ultraviolet light that can reveal that tattoo on your arm that's in invisible ink. Jesus is that light. Really cool stuff. I probably didn't do a very good job of explaining that light motif, but it's really, really, uh, really cool and really powerful how John in 18 verses picks up on and answers the question that the rabbis had for centuries. What did God do with that light of creation? What is that even? The light of creation, that's Messiah. And he used it like a bulb to show himself. Okay, um, Notes, today is September 3rd, Hebrews 3b. Uh, this is just, you can call it uh, Genesis 1-1, the light of creation. We just talked about a whole bunch of stuff about light today. And I went really fast. I mean, imagine if we were to go into every day that God creates something, he says, and God saw that it was good. Now, how did God see anything without light. Well, he has to, right? So God saw that it was good. One day he doesn't see that it's good. Do you know which day doesn't get the good? God does, he says that is, he doesn't say anything about it being good. It's day two. Why would day two not get the good stamp? Day one did. Day three did. Day four, day five. 
Day six, God creates everything and saw that everything was good. But why did day two not get the good stamp? This is really cool. This is where you got to be a Jew and think in picture. What happens on day two? He creates the what? Waters. And what do they do? He's, remember? And see, we, we could spend a whole class going into just what the ball of water looked like. It was a water ball in space. And God said, he reached into the middle and created a, a space for dry land. So he separated the waters above from the waters below. And the rabbi said, that's why it didn't get the good stamp. Why? Because it's separation, division, tearing and breaking. And that's not who God is. God's about unifying, working together, beautiful shalom. And the waters separated and God said, that's not good. It's necessary, but it's not good. And guess what? He brings them together later on as the rain, the precipitation, they start to work together and everything works. But I love that when the water separated, God says, okay, I'm not saying that's good because I'm God and I don't separate. Isn't that cool? I mean, the Jews just are amazing when they look and, and study and ask the questions of, of the text. It just blows my mind. All righty then. We've got a short week this week. Hopefully you won't have too much homework. You know what I'd love for you to do if you really want to be ahead of the game and you want to be like Jesus? Um, read the text before you come to class on Thursday. Just get up 10 minutes earlier or go to bed 10 minutes later and read Genesis um, 1, 2, and 3 and you'll be ready for the coolest discussion on Thursday about the serpent seed. Um, I won't know if you do it unless I test you or quiz you, so I may do that. So you won't know. Just be ready. Read the Bible, Genesis 1, 2, and 3. It's good for your soul, good for your heart, good for your eternal life. Good for avoiding destruction. Good for knowledge. <laughs>